everybody. Welcome back to It's the Little Things podcast. I am so excited to say that I am, oh my goodness, my our guest speaker this week is Ainsley. And so I'm so excited. She is friends with Katie. That was on two weeks ago. And she just recently wrote a book called Don't Date a Boo-Boo Dude. So I'm excited to kind of hear more about that and like your journey in that aspect. But Ainsley, why don't you tell us about yourself and kind of a little bit about your testimony? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to hang out. Yeah. Um, so don't date a boo-boo dude was, well, it was released, um, gosh, August 2nd. So it still feels pretty fresh, but it was based on a real life experience that I had that is directly correlated to my faith today, um, my faith then, and all of the journey in between. So I was in, um, an abusive relationship in my young adult years, I will say, um, somewhere in those early twenties. And I didn't even know that that's what it was. I just thought that that was, I don't know. I I guess I thought it was normal, even though I had dated other guys that like, I knew he wasn't like other guys that, you know, it just was a little bit more intense. Mm -hmm. And I chalked it up to like, Oh, he's just so passionate red flag. Um, (laughs) But it ended up being one of the most freeing experiences of my life because whenever he broke up with me, I went, I think it was just like one of those rock rock bottom moments where you're just like, okay, who the heck am I? Because I hitched my wagon to this guy for however long and I lost myself along the way. So who am I? What do I enjoy? What do I love? Um, again, and how do I rediscover my identity in Christ? So it really took me on a journey of faith and understanding my identity in Christ and what that looks like, um, you know, within the church and, and at home and just whenever I'm by myself, what does this whole world look like now that I have not attached it to a person mm-hmm. or yeah. to someone who was unworthy of me attaching it to, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> and then I was like, okay, we, like other girls have experienced this before. I know that's true. So how can I help other girls not go through this who might be in high school or college? And that is what this book came out of. That's what this renewed identity and faith in the Lord book came out of. All of these things were birthed out of this one experience. And I mean, outside of like, you know, growing up in the church and um, having a big head knowledge of the Lord. This was one of the most heart changing experiences that I've ever had. Um, and that I'm endlessly thankful for because of what the Lord taught me through that lesson, even though it was awful to experience, obviously, Mm. (laughs) but it taught me so much and I'm able to, you know, in turn pour out for, um, other young girls who might be, uh, finding themselves in unhealthy or toxic dating relationships. Oh my gosh. Yes. I think that's one of the hardest things for me to, it's especially when you're like friends with somebody who's going through that and you just want to tell them like, Oh my gosh, like this is not good. Like this is not okay. But Mm -hmm. there's to, to a certain extent, someone can only listen to so much you say until they may have to make the ultimate decision themselves. And so I think that's something I struggled with, not necessarily with like, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend relationships, but specifically with like friendships, that's something that I've had to, I can't find my identity and like who my friends are. Like that's yeah. something between me and the Lord. 
And I think that's something that's so hard in today's day and age, because you see everything on social media and you see everything in on like movies and Netflix and everything. There are just so many toxic relationships and it's so normalized that it becomes something that's a part of our day to day. And so that's such a hard thing to kind of break down and say, okay, you see this everywhere, but that doesn't mean it's okay. And so I think that that's so awesome that you literally wrote a book about that. And you're able to share that with other girls, because that's such, that's something that young girls are going to come across and they're not going to know how to deal with it. And so that's awesome that you're able to like share that story with other people. Yeah, it's, it's very um, encouraging to see the testimonies that come out after reading the book, but it's also, you know, just, it, it shows me that I have my work cut out for me whenever I'm scrolling TikTok and I'm like, what are you like whenever people post like the stories of their relationships or you know a story time da, 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 da. I'm like <laughs> no I'm like please let me send you this book like you cannot keep living like this it's going to be so destructive for everyone um so yeah the need is definitely there sadly yes. oh gosh it's it's crazy and I mean identity in general is like whether it's in other things not just relationships is a huge thing that I've struggled with because you know, as like, as I was a softball player and then it got taken away from me, I realized once it was gone, I was like, oh my gosh, like, who am I? What am I doing? And so a lot of times you don't realize you're finding your identity in something until it's gone. And then you Mm -hmm. realize, oh my gosh, like there's a reason that it got taken away. There's a reason that this is happening. And it's to kind of reroute yourself in Christ because, you know, when you find identity in things of this world that are constantly wavering, your identity is never going to stay the same. And, and so if you find your root, your identity in Christ, you know, you're never going to have that issue because he stays constant consistently. Mm -hmm. And, but I think that's crazy. But what is some advice that you would give a girl that might be in a toxic relationship that she's like trying to find herself in? I think that one of the most valuable things that I did after we broke up, which I think anybody can do it any stage in life. You just have to be open to kind of doing it is I reintroduced myself to the Lord and I asked him to show me who he sees. So I literally kind of went into the throne room in my mind and I've like extended my hand and I was like, Hey, I'm Ainsley. Uh, (laughs) What can you tell me about myself? And he's like, (laughs) yes, I know. And these are all the things. And it was just such a beautiful moment of, reintroducing and re-identifying and taking my worth back that I had just given over to whoever, um, you know, in whatever circumstance. And I think that anybody can do that at any stage in life, but if you're specifically in an abusive relationship, it's going to help so much because all of the things that you might be being called, or I remember all the names, you know, that I was called, well, the Lord is directly opposing those names. He's calling you good and loved and valued and worthy and a treasure. Whereas I would, you know, list all the other names that you're being potentially called in an abusive relationship and they just don't match. But the creator of the universe is saying the good things. And that's the voice that you want to tune your ear to to whenever you're in that kind of situation or any any person, of course, but especially if you're in that situation, because then you'll start to understand the beauty of the person looking back at you in the mirror, whenever you're, you know, immediately starting to pick her apart, um, because your abuser is picking her apart. 
but the Lord's not. He wants to pick her up and put her back together. And whenever she sees the whole person in the mirror, it is so life-giving and it is so refreshing that it kind of just makes you understand the beauty of God's creation within you. And that will change your life. That will show you that you don't deserve to be treated the way that you're being treated. That will show you that you have handed over something that is too valuable for a human to hold, that you do have to take it back and give it to the hands of the father or lay it at the cross and return back to him because he does not want, you know, he doesn't want abuse in your story. He wants restoration and freedom and that is available that's good that's really good I that's something that is so funny that you say like reintroducing yourself because I mean that really makes sense because you kind of know this faith growing up at least this I've talked about this before but you're raised in a faith and Mm -hmm. some people and so you kind of don't have that faith for yourself and so for me it was like when I got to college I had a oh my goodness like actually who's who am I like what's my relationship with the Lord and individually and not just like my relationship with the Lord based on my family. And so once I started actually reading the word for myself and actually listening to sermons and taking notes and not just going to church on Sundays, but actually investing my time, I realized I don't necessarily agree with all the things that I was taught when I was younger. And there's things that I, but basically, yeah, I was like reintroducing myself. I said, this is actually who I am. I'm not, I'm not lying. I'm not going to start, you know, sugarcoating it with you. Like, these are my real issues. These are my real struggles. I have been, you know, abused. I have been treated poorly. And I'm that stops today. That stops now. I'm going to stop telling myself these lies because ultimately someone tells them to you and then you just keep hearing them in your head. And so then eventually you're abusing yourself because you keep reminding yourself of like how horrible you felt. And of course, you know, you can only control so many of your thoughts, but once you start like deterring those thoughts away and you take cap, you know, take hold of your thoughts, you realize, oh my goodness, I have way more power over my thoughts than I thought I did. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's changed my way of thinking because ultimately I listened to um Becoming Something, a podcast by like JP Pacluda. Awesome, awesome podcast. But they were talking about like forgiving what you can't forget and stuff like that. And that mm-hmm. was so crazy to me because he was right. He's like, you can't just forget something, but you have to ultimately forgive in order to move on because the Lord forgave you. And if you decide not to forgive them, like what kind of person does that make us as Christians? If we can't forgive, even though we've been forgiven. Yeah. And so that's been crazy to me is just realizing you're right. Like the person that hurt me the most, I can't just sit here and remind myself of all the bad things that happened. Cause that's worse on me than it is on them. Yeah, absolutely. It's so crazy to me. It's just crazy how powerful your mind is. Cause once you start telling yourself all the things that the Lord's been telling you all this time, you realize mm-hmm. how, how great it is. And you're like, why, why was I telling myself this? This is not true at all. <laughs> yeah. It changes everything. It changes everything about your confidence, about who you believe that you are and how you let people treat you moving forward. Was the process of writing a book, did that was it a tough process having to like relive all the things that you had gone through or was it kind of like Mm. freeing to be able to write all that out and get it off your chest? I think that probably both. I think I've talked about it so much in my work with young adults and college students and high school students that it wasn't like traumatizing to relive it. Um, 
Plus I've been through uh, tons of counseling and therapy. So I recommend that for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> but it was kind of strange to put it on paper and then, you know, it goes through an editing process. So then someone else puts their eyes on it and says, well, could you phrase this a certain way and that a certain way? And you're just kind of like, wait, but this is the story, you know, like it, it just, it's interesting whenever other people are involved in the process of you telling your story, I think it came out really great. Like I'm very thankful for my editing um, team and just everybody who helped me with this project, but it is kind of crazy when you, you pour your whole heart into pages and then you kind of have to change X, Y, and Z about it. And just like, wait, that's, it's just weird. It's just crazy. It's the whole process is just weird. Um, but I love it and I think it's worth it. And I really believe in what it turned out to be. Um, so yes, it is terrifying that my grandmother can pick up a copy of this book anywhere, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but overall for the greater good, everything I do is for the next girl. So if the next girl can, you know, skip this hard lesson and take, the easy route for this one thing, then it will be worth it. Mm, that's so good. I, I, that's kind of like the premise of the podcast is like why I started it. I was like, gosh, I have too much that I've been through that I need to like, you know, that I wish I would have had somebody telling me what I'm able to like talk to people about. And so I was like, it's so nice to be able to do that, knowing that I, I didn't go through all of this for no reason. Like this could be helpful. Totally. My story could be helpful. Everybody's story is, and that's how I see it. So I think that's so cool that you're like, it's for the next girl. That's such a, uh, that, yeah, that's just good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so for like, I guess for that healing process, do you, is there like in the book, did you talk about like, I know there's, it's kind of more than just like step-by-step, step, but what would you recommend if somebody is like post and like even like a year after everything happened and they're still having problems, what would you recommend? Yeah. Af after they are out of the relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that what I did that was so helpful in the healing process is that I asked for forgiveness for the people around me because I hurt the people around me when I isolated myself or whenever he made me isolate myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and I started rebuilding broken bridges and rebuilding connections with my friends and my family that I just totally ignored whenever I was in this relationship. And um, I think that that was one of the most healing things was to kind of go back and be like, I know that I was not I know that I'm the survivor in this abusive relationship, but I also know that I have some responsibility in the relationships around me that I need to go, you know, revisit and I need to rebuild my community because there's, you know, community is just so extremely powerful. And that is one of the best things that you can do for your healing process, I think, is re-engage your community, face what you may have done or misstepped in this process mm -hmm. and get your people back outside of that. I mean, I was literally in the church anytime the doors were open because I was like, I need people to pray over me. I want, I want healing. I, I was relentless in my pursuit for freedom. 
And I think that you owe it to yourself to be relentless in your pursuit of freedom, because that is what the Lord has for you. There is freedom on the other side of the hard work and the counseling and the rebuilding those bridges and all of these things, taking your worth back and placing it in the father's hands, who is the only hands worth holding it. Um, All of those things are so you just owe it to yourself. You know, you owe it to yourself, to your future, to your future kids, um, which I know is probably a very long way in the thought process, but it's true. It's, I mean, I have a daughter now and she's seven months old and I'm like, I can't imagine what her life would be like if I wasn't healed, Mm -hmm. you know? So you just owe it to yourself and the people around you and your future and your future kids um, to heal. Yeah, no, I think that's so good. And I think, you know, what you said, you were relentless about finding your freedom. I think that's so something that I feel like is not really talked about enough because I think we're just expected after we go through something just to instantly have like this freedom and this relief and this peace. And ultimately that's just not how it works. And when, you know, the Lord is so loving and merciful, but he is like, he, he wants you to meet him halfway. Like he wants you to put it at his feet. Like he, (laughs) that's kind of the whole point of the relationship. It's like, when you do break, like you said, it's like fixing those bridges. Like, Hey, this has been rough between us, but I want to build this back. And so I think that's kind of how I see it too. Cause that was the way I, you know, was able to heal after all of this stuff with my, you know, concussions and stuff. I was like, you know, I haven't talked to you in a long time and I know I'm not going to get healing just yet, but I think I really want to work for it. And I think that's something you have to realize is that it, freedom doesn't just come just because like you, you kind of got to put in a little bit of work, actually build that relationship with the Lord. And I think that's so, so good. And I just don't think I've ever actually been told that it was something I kind of figured out on my own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And that's also something like you have to also realize that which sometimes can be hard when you're in the thick of it is that you do need freedom, mm-hmm. you know, like, and you're and freedom is available. It's just, sometimes it's just so hard to believe whenever you are in the thick of it, but it is available and you do deserve it. And whatever's going on in your life that feels toxic or unhealthy, we got to get it out of there. Yeah. Got to get it out. How, what would you say are some red flags about toxic relationships? Just you know, not just like, I guess, boyfriend, girlfriend relationships, but just in general, like what's something that you would suggest looking out for? I think the number one thing is probably, um, well, there's probably two things that I can think of that come to my mind. First is anything that makes you feel less of yourself or like you're not free to be yourself. That is definitely unhealthy and probably on its way to toxic, if not already toxic, depending on how much of yourself you feel like you have to shrink for someone else um that one is a really big one if you feel like you cannot show up as yourself and be accepted and loved then that is a problem Mm. and then the other one that comes to mind is uncommunicated or unmet expectations like whenever you come into contact with these things what is the reaction of the person Do they want to meet you in this conversation? Do they want to um, talk it out? Or 
do they just kind of fly off the handle? Do they react, you know, poorly? Do they lose their temper? That kind of stuff. Um, those two things are really things to look out for that you can catch early on mm-hmm. if you're paying attention, right? Is those of the reactions to unmet or uncommunicated expectations. Let's say y'all are supposed to go to a restaurant and um, the time gets mixed up. Well, how does that person react? Mm. Are they like, oh man, you know, it'll be all right. We, sorry, we just miscommunicated this time. We'll figure it out next time, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or are they highly reactive, very angry, you know, can, uh, telling you that you did something wrong to waste their time or, you know, something that like that, then that is definitely a red flag that, um, they're not treating you right. Yeah, for sure. And then also, um, you said you have a seven month old daughter. Congratulations. That's so exciting. But I was curious, like after a relationship like that, how is the adjustment kind of getting back into a relationship afterwards? Oh yeah. Um, I think that for me, it wasn't incredibly difficult. I, I didn't necessarily like lose trust for other people because I, um, but I know that that happens a lot. So one thing that I kind of recommend is not putting someone else uh, in prison for someone else's crime. Mm. Like you don't have to accuse that person of doing something that they haven't done. They haven't necessarily broken your trust. So I would always encourage people to lead with trust and lead with love and give someone the benefit of the doubt, even if you don't know them, you know, extremely well, Mm -hmm. because they just don't deserve that. Right. They don't deserve the, the, you know, going to prison for someone else's crime. So getting back into it, I think not only that, I would say lead with trust, but don't play games. I literally was like, okay, I've already been through this insane relationship. Like moving forward, I'm going to tell you how I want to be treated. I'm going to tell you what I expect. And if these aren't, if you think you're not capable, then that's totally fine. Bye. Like, ain't no thing. No hard feelings. We can be friends or we can never speak again. Doesn't matter to me. We're all good. (laughs) And it was, you know, I met my husband about six months after that relationship and Uh, I remember thinking like, oh gosh, like, I hope this is it, but I'm also terrified if this is it, like, I don't know, there was just so many things, but he was a little bit nervous to commit. Like he was like, oh, I don't know if I want to, we can just stay in this talking phase forever. You know, he was just, (laughs) he's had a lot going on. He was uh, considering a move to New York city. So he was just like, I'm not sure if I want to commit, you know, you're asking a lot right now. And I was like, that's fine. You don't have to commit to me, but I'm going to (laughs) go like, um, no, no problem. Totally feel you. You've got a lot going on. I've got a lot going on. So like, (laughs) if this ain't it, it ain't it. And on the inside, I'm like, oh my gosh, 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 oh my gosh. You know, like I so wanted it to work. I was so nervous. But I was like, I have to stick to my guns because I am worth it. I am worth someone committing. I'm worth X, Y, Z. And at the end of the day, he said, okay, yeah, I want to commit. And not only that, but six months later, oh no, wait, we started dating. Yeah. And then six months later, he moved to New York 
And then six months later, I moved to New York. So it was a whole thing. But that's so exciting though. That's such a, yeah. that's such a fun story too. And I think that, I mean, I like how you said that because Katie touched on that a couple episodes ago about like just being upfront about how you, like you show people totally. how you want to be treated totally. by the way, you know, you allow them to treat you. So like upfront, if you're honest about it and then they do it and you're just like, okay, that's it. Like I told you, I didn't like that. I told you I didn't want to do that upfront. I was honest with you, but I think that's the hardest thing is the upfront honesty. So like, how do you kind of go about that? Do you just, are you just kind of like flat out like, Hey, this is it. Or do you kind of start it with a conversation? <laughs> like that's like a hard a good question. I, it is, it is like nerve wracking first of all. So like, if it's like nervous, you have a little shake in your voice. Like that is so, so <laughs> normal, like no problem. Um, cause like I said, like in my head, I was like, Oh no, please don't leave. Please don't leave. Please don't leave. <laughs> but, was, but out loud, I was like, no, I deserve someone you know, who's willing to call me his girlfriend and take me on dates. Like that's what I deserve. And that's true. So if you, first of all, consider what you're asking, you're probably asking for the bare minimum, (laughs) you know, like this is not very difficult. So know that you're asking for the bare minimum and don't be afraid to ask it. And yeah, I mean, I think it could start with conversation or you could just lay it out and be like, look, here's the deal. Um, I'm just letting you know, you know, maybe not on your first date, but like by the third, you could be like, okay, I'm just going to tell you where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I think you're really cool. I love hanging out. Um, but I'm not trying to play games. So if you <laughs> think that this is going to be too much, you can make your exit now or <laughs> not, you know, or we can just continue to see how this is going. And it's not like a, it's not like a, I'm trying to pressure you to get married right away. It's just, I need some communication. And we need to be clear about what we're doing and how we're doing this and what it's going to look like, because the more fuzzy it gets, the more there's room for, you know, I don't know, just toxicity or just an unhealthy kind of atmosphere. There's a lot of room for that whenever there's not clarity or consistency. So um, I think you could come out with the gate pretty strong, or you can just be like, Hey, um, where's this going? I am not like, I'm not trying to get married right away. Or if you are, say you're trying to get married right away there's no (laughs) nothing wrong necessarily with that but just know your motivation behind it um and just be like hey this is this is kind of where I'm at um there's no pressure but the ball's in your court but the ball's actually in my court but I'll pretend like it's in your court (laughs) (laughs) I love that because that's actually something that I did with my boyfriend. Now we've been together three and a half years because we're high school sweethearts. So like, you know, wait until after college or whatever. And, Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of what I did. And I did that with like any guy I talked to. I was very upfront. I was like, there is something that I just know I will never do. I was like, I am waiting for marriage. I don't care. But I was like, I don't care. Like if you, and I, and I tell them, I'm like, not mean about it. I'm like, if that's not what you want to do, if that's not what you believe in, that's, that's totally cool. I just won't be in a relationship with someone like that because even if you say you'll wait, but you don't believe in that, then I don't want to take my chances. And so I was straight up honest and I have never had issues after that, but I do agree. Like there are just so many things, but especially in high school, you don't necessarily know like all expectations. So it's been, it's been a process like over the three and a half years, kind of figuring out what both of us want and what we expect. But for sure, especially in college, it's so important. I mean, I have friends that have had issues where they're like, 
I just, you know, I just wanted a Christian guy and he, he just, you know, won't go to church and he won't do this. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, cause, cause not everybody's like, um, I, I guess idea of being a Christian is the same. So like you have yeah. to set out Lay those standards, out. like, Hey, I want to go to church together. I want to pray over our meals. Like I, I want to do all of that stuff. And so I think it's so important, especially in this world where most everybody's kind of living, like if they're not Christian, they're probably, you know, they just don't think the same thing, especially yeah. we're just walking around and especially in the dating world, it's just so important. And I agree with you because you never know, you don't want to get a year into the relationship and then start being like, okay, never mind. Like I changed my mind. I don't want to, I don't want to do this, this, and this. And of course, communication can still happen then, but I, I agree. Setting the expectations beforehand saves a lot of heartbreak because there have been situations where I was like, Hey, I want to wait till marriage. And they're like, I don't. And I was like, cool. I wasn't upset later. about it. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, if that's yeah. what you want to do, that's fine. But it saves so much heartbreak and it's helped me a lot. And that's definitely something that my, my dad taught me like standards. Like you have to have standards. You will have standards. This is what he's doing. He will open the door for you. He will do this. And so it's, you know, of course that was drilled into me, but then figuring out like, it's okay. If it hurts, if it hurts their feelings, they're probably a little bit too sensitive about your expectations anyways. Cause if you tell them that you want to wait for marriage and they get offended, they, and that's, this is a red flag in and of itself. Totally. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was yeah. like, just said it. Yeah. But I agree anyways, setting those expectations, but how would you suggest dating in today's world, especially as like college students? Cause I know most of the people I'm talking to are college girls. So I'm like, mm-hmm. they probably need all of this advice. <laughs> Yeah. Grab the book. First of all, Um, (laughs) that will be uh, a lot of information for sure. But I think dating with intention is always good because it gives you clarity Mm -hmm. on what you want long-term and how you're willing to spend your time. Um, And it just kind of highlights those priorities. Now I'm not, I'm not the kind of person I'll tell you this. I know that like, it's very trendy to date for marriage and I can't say that I did that (laughs) (laughs) I cannot say that I dated for marriage but I can say that I dated with intention and what I mean by that is I was never trying to waste anybody's time I was always trying to leave someone better than I found them Mm -hmm. and I was always trying to learn something from the relationship Mm -hmm. so it wasn't like reckless well okay early on it probably was pretty (laughs) reckless (laughs) but I would definitely not recommend that um but that was probably really helpful for the long-term clarity of what I was actually looking for whenever it came to okay this person I'm pretty sure I could marry them let me you know just think back and is this something that is this something I can live with when I think about, you know, the whole picture? Is this something I can live without? Like that kind of stuff. Um, so dating with intention, I'm not like anti-apps, like you do you. I don't really, it doesn't really matter. I, I think that there's <laughs> amazing people everywhere you look. So whether they're on an app or not, meh, I I'm not, I'm not against <laughs> apps. I'll say that. Um, I'm trying to think like what else is always helpful. I I just think the more you communicate, you know, your standards and your expectations, which require some reflection and some time alone, then 
the more quality date you'll have. Also do go on actual dates. I like date is like a four letter word right now for high school and college students. And I'm like, mm-hmm. bump that, like change that, like ask them to take you out on a date, ask them to hang out with you during the day. Like <laughs> none of this. No, like you deserve that. If you feel like you don't deserve being like hanging out when the sun is out, that's a red flag. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Um, so yeah, go on dates, go on actual dates and they don't have to be high pressure. If it doesn't work out after the first date, it's fine. You had a good time, hopefully, or you didn't and you don't. And now, you know, (laughs) you know, yeah, for sure. That's something that I've, um, kind of thought about for a really long time. I'm pretty old school when it comes to, at least for, you know, how I was with my boyfriend, but, um, and that's because, you know, of course, because of my dad, but, um, basically, that is something that nobody does like nobody actually goes on dates like they're like they're just coming out over to hang out and I was like for like your first time like hanging out like that's like a two-year-long relationship you've been you know like an old married couple and I was like but like y'all are first date and y'all are gonna just you know I don't know that that was always interesting to me too but it's just kind of how everybody is and it's also part of just like the culture that media has created too so it's like everybody just is doing whatever they see and I'm like that's not that's not Mm -hmm. because how are you how are you supposed to set expectations and tell them what you want and if they just don't know like if they're like hey you want to come hang out at my house but you actually want a date and you want them to bring you flowers like how are they supposed to know that if you don't tell them like (laughs) or or just don't you know I don't know there's like I could go on and on about how I feel like I agree. Like dates are so important and that's how you get to know somebody too. I mean, like totally. sitting in a formal situation, you know, how did they dress for like a really nice restaurant? Like, you know, how were they ready? Did they- or treat the waiter? How do they treat yes. the waiter? How do they treat yes. the people around you? Yes. And that's so important. That's my biggest thing. Cause that's how you can see how they were raised. And if they don't treat the waiter, right, they're definitely not going to treat you right later on. Um, anyways, before I go too much off of a tangent, I guess we have to stop um but I just thank you so so much for being on here this conversation was so good and I got a good good belly laughs in today but thank you again so much for being on and I will be linking Ansley's book in the comments and the everything and be posting about it because I will be ordering it right after I get off of here but I'm so excited just to read it and just kind of see because now that I know you and your personality I just know this book is going to be so good Um, (laughs) but but anyways thank you so much for being on everybody thank you so much for listening or watching or whatever you decided to do today Um, and just remember be a light for the Lord in everything you do and be the reason someone smiles today Hey everybody, I just wanted to say if you ever have a review or something and you listen to the episode, send it in to me either through Anchor or Instagram or email and I will add it to the end of the episode. I love hearing from you guys and I want others to hear what you got from the episode. All right, here's my Aunt April. Okay, I just finished the podcast. That was so good. Um, I think I dated a lot of boo-boo dudes. (laughs) I think this is so, so needed. I'm so glad that you got her on the podcast because like she said, it's for that next person, right? So if she could help one girl not have what she walked through, that's powerful because I always believe that even though we walk through pain, they have a purpose and you hope that 
you don't miss the purpose and that you share it um, and help others avoid it. So such a great conversation. I loved the dating advice. Um, I love you. I think God is going to bless your relationship because you put him first and you have stayed true to your values. Um, so important. So way to go. I love you. Keep up the great work and spreading light.